and welcome to Point of Origin episode 36, the podcast where we're just really tired of Mayborn and the NID. Can can we be done already? I know they haven't even, they've shown up like what, four, no, not even four times, three times? <laughs> That's enough. I'm done. I'm good. I don't have a reaction to your joke because I'm still just perpetually stuck on the fact that I was done with this episode five minutes in. Yeah, I know. I, I remember your texts. <laughs> I remember your your threats to basically uh, not take any notes and have me lead the whole discussion. <laughs> I want you to know I, uh, I kind of followed through on that. I have no notes after a certain point. Um, all I have now for my notes are my texts to you. That's fair. That's enough, honestly. And while I wanted to see if, uh, I, I genuinely went into this when I started watching it thinking I'm not going to take any notes either and I'm going to rely on my short-term memory because, like I told you, uh, I have, like, four days to get my planner in order for school <laughs> and I'm not even on the month layout yet, so <laughs> I was like, I'm, I'm going to multitask and, and work on some of these pages while I'm watching the episode, but I, I couldn't. <laughs> So I did wind up taking notes. They're slightly less detailed than my other ones, but they're still more than a page long. So it's fine. I can lead the discussion. I just, I mean, look, when it comes up, I'll just take over for a couple of minutes to be mad. and then Yeah, yeah, I'm sure you will. Uh, so I'm Mel, the one who takes good notes. <laughs> and I'm Liz, who takes notes when uh, she's not too angry. Now you do. I remember the start of this when you have three notes. <laughs> You know, I took mental notes. <laughs> <laughs> I remember seeing your notebook and it had three bullet points. Well, Meanwhile, I had like two pages. <laughs> to be fair, to be fair, in the uh, original episodes, the very first episodes, we, between the two of us alone, had watched them so many times. That's, yeah. I didn't need notes. <laughs> I could basically quote those episodes. I've watched season one so yeah. many times it's not yeah. even funny. So those ones don't count. It's You'll funny, notice though. that as we got to episodes I hadn't seen as many times, my notes started ramping up. They so did. There. They did. Well, I also I do want to give us. Uh, I do also want to give credit to your notes, just in our experience with this podcast, honestly, because I noticed when we uh, last week put out our missing episode twenty, that thing was under an hour long. Yeah. Do you remember having episodes that were under an hour long? I don't. No, I don't remember that. No, you have no idea how insane that was to me when I was editing. I was like, oh, God, this is going to be like a six-hour process. And then I was like, wait, what's... Shit, what's the original audio length? Oh, fuck, maybe I lost some of it. <laughs> and I was like, oh. Yeah, and for an episode that we liked, too. I know. We like there, but for the grace of God. And there should be a lot to talk about there. But it's just, it was early on in our experiences podcasters and we just weren't at the point where we were discussing things as in depth I guess yeah I guess we like the sound of our own voices more <laughs> I do think um our our three hour long recording sessions are indicative of us you know just getting more experience in talking these episodes out so much fun to edit <laughs> I'm I'm praying I, I never get to that point in the Pokemon podcast but I know that, like, in yeah. some seasons, stuff gets really, like, intense, so I'm like, God, I hope I don't have a three-hour-long Kalos episode. <laughs> um, so, today we're covering Season 2, Episode 14, Touchstone. 
So the synopsis for this episode, a powerful climate-controlling touchstone is stolen from planet Madrona, causing the weather to rapidly deteriorate. Period. And when. <laughs> oh my god, why? <laughs> Just say when. <sighs> and when the SG-1 team is accused of the theft, O'Neill must pursue the real thief and rescue the missing stone before all of Madrona perishes. Because, of course, the rest of the team wasn't involved. Yeah, I, was Is Jack alone in this episode? I feel like there were other characters present in this episode, but I must be mistaken. He must have been alone. Can I tell you, when I read this synopsis uh, originally, uh, it made me think of the episode way down... I, I think it's way down the line, uh, where Jack pretends to betray SPC. Remember where he, he pretends to become a double yeah, agent or whatever? Yeah, yeah. That Sorry, feels like it would be more like a line along the lines of this synopsis. Yeah. Sure. Instead of an episode where everyone is helping the entire time to find this. It's a bad it's a bad synopsis for a bad episode, whatever. Which was never going to be that good of an episode anyway, if I'm being honest. It just had too much going on while also having absolutely nothing going on. Okay, so there's a couple of Okay. So I'm gonna say it was never going to be something I enjoyed because the entire plot of it is a plot that, a, a theme that I fucking hate. I hate all the, you know, you and I both hate NID and we yeah. hate all the stuff that brings into this show. And like, I get where for a show that is, you know, based with the Air Force and everything, I understand why they put this in. Really? Yes, because it would be naive to imagine none of this was okay. happening. Right, no, no. The background shit would be naive not to assume. It's actually one of my notes, is that it's really annoying to me every time military types are surprised by yeah. this kind of stuff. It's always like, really? You guys no, are I'm not saying, military. like, this episode itself, I'm... No, no. no, no, no. Um, the situation I'm saying, like, was the, yeah. badly done, though. Like, what, yeah. the, 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 what, what, I, yeah, well, yeah, I just, I hate this episode. Oh, also the fact that, like, I literally just, during the Tokra Part 2 episode, complimented the show on avoiding the trope of them getting blamed for something that they weren't responsible for. Right? It's like they heard you. I know. Although these fucking natives are so weak-willed that they immediately fall over again. <laughs> Yeah. And they're full of bad actors. Dear God. Oh my God. They spent like five minutes casting for this planet. <laughs> okay, there is exactly one good thing that happened during this episode. You want to know what it is? What? Michael Shanks' kid was born during the filming of this episode. Oh, was it? <laughs> yeah. I was actually going to give it one compliment, and it's very, it's very faint, but... It's, again, with how we were talking about how season two, outside of the weird timing of uh, Family and Thor's Chariot, has been really uh -huh. well constructed for, like, how the episodes flow into each other. Yeah. Touchstone introduces the concept of another race terraforming this planet. You know what next episode is? Fifth race. Whoa. Yes. That was really well-timed. They could have done it with a better episode, but it was really well placed to, and I feel like that line is not overemphasized in this episode. I mean, I'll give it that, I guess. <laughs> 
I just, because, like, they don't, it's just part of the briefing. They're just like, yeah, this is the thing. Uh, yeah. This pl- th- These locals are uh, not advanced enough to have come up with this themselves, so we think it was done by another race beforehand. That's it. They could have, like, pushed that more, knowing what next week's episode is going to be, but they didn't, so I will give them credit for that. Yeah. See, I had to take credit away because if you said one thing that got ahead of yourself, I'll say my one thing that gets ahead of myself, and then we'll just, you know, go back to normal order. Yeah. <laughs> my thing is, this episode has a massive fucking... Aside from its many massive fucking flaws, speaking of things we just mentioned in previous episodes, I just mentioned how it made no sense that they hadn't taken that DHD home and used it. Yeah. And this episode almost had an answer for it, except it then presents a working DHD at the end that we then never <laughs> use. Like, what the fuck? So, yeah, that was my big thing. I was, like, almost going to give it points, and then I had to take him away 30 That's seconds later. That's true. Why wouldn't you? I don't know. I don't know. Unless, like, DHDs are connected to the gate, so you can't take someone else's? No. No, it's not a thing? No. Okay, I don't know. <laughs> well, to be fair, up until this point, I do not believe the show has... Uh, I... And according to the trivia I've looked up, I have not seen anything that says the show in the early seasons had it made as, like, a precedent or whatever. Um, I do know for sure that later episodes um, emphasize the stealing of a DHD via transporter. So they're definitely, like, movable, maneuverable. Trust me, to be fair, that one technically was just being stolen versus being stolen for use, but the the point remains. (laughs) Okay, so the one thing, and again, I I only do this because this is my job, and it's very vague, and, and it's not useful at all, but the one thing I will say is that at this point... The amount of work they've put into the dialing system, there might actually technically be upgrades on their version of the dialing system as compared to the DHD. I don't know. I don't know what she's done to it. We don't know it. No, never mind. Because <laughs> they, they dial home through DHDs all the time. I don't know. Maybe she's actually made them faster than DHDs to dial. I, no, those are very slow. No, uh, there's no reason. <laughs> well, you tried. I'll give you points. <laughs> You successfully they just, tried. <laughs> they just didn't think about it. No, they did. This this episode was written by a bad writer, and I will emphasize in a few minutes, I'm sure, just how much I find his writing shitty. <laughs> well, I did know, I, on that note, uh, let's talk about it, because I yeah. did know it's a new name. Yeah, it's, it's, it's his only writing credit. Trust me, I found out. <laughs> Probably on purpose. <laughs> uh, so the writer for this episode is Sam Egan, and the director is Brad Turner. Which I just don't understand, because there's actually a lot of bad r- directing decisions oh, in this yeah. episode as well. Oh, there's so one shot, there's one the shot where I think was. he thought it was a good shot, and I'm like, no, this is, this is bad. But remember, he also did Toker Part 1, and I hated that too, so <laughs> I'm not terribly surprised that this is Brad Turner, because, again, I didn't really enjoy the other thing I'd seen him do. Yeah, yeah, to be honest, I've never been horribly impressed with anything he's done. So Okay, cool. In that case, fuck it. I thought maybe he was one of the ones we liked, but nope. No, he's him. done the Tok'ra and Hathor. Oh, that's right. Never mind. Screw him. Yeah. No, no. So it's just because he's Brad, I keep thinking he's like... Brad. He just has good credit going towards him because his first name's Brad, like Brad Wright. So I just no, automatically... No, the people we like... I'm going to give you a reminder. The people who are in our, ha- in our, in our Hall of Fame are Dennis Berry, Martin Wood... And David Wary Smith. Those are our Hall of Fame people. Cool. I'll, I'll attempt to remember that, but you know me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. To be fair, like, I looked at his name, Brad Turner, I was like, 
Do we like him or hate him? I can't remember. <laughs> like I said, it's the Brad that throws me every time. Yeah. Makes you think Brad Wright is like, nope. All right. So uh, we start this episode with a briefing again. They did something. Did you notice? Like, you know how they do the the show music? Yeah. Like, the episode opened on the show music, but they, like, did it on, like, a higher key or something. They made it seem almost brighter. Did you notice that? All I was focused on was my first note in this was, why in the ever-loving fuck did the director make this scene so dark lit? <laughs> like, it's, oh, it has, he, it has oh. no lighting for no reason. He looked at your note for that and, like, 40 minutes, no, 30 minutes later went, hold my hold my cup. <laughs> Hold my light switch. I can make it darker. Yes. God, I I will wait to get to the scene, but I was like, I fucking hate this. And I feel like he definitely did this on purpose and right. thought it was a good shot. No, it was a bad yeah. shot, sir. It's made to, um, like, 20 seconds in, they reveal that the reason why the lights are out is because he's going to do a little slideshow, except that you could have turned the lights off for the slideshow. You didn't have to open on them having a conversation in the dark like creepers. <laughs> which is what happened so yeah it was just a bad directing choice uh so basically the briefing is the planet talking to the planet did i say planet <laughs> yes you did <laughs> um the team telling hammond about the planet they went to and how they have a device that can t- control their climate basically they can decide their weather why couldn't the episode have been primarily set in the learning of the touchstone and then the touchstone could have been stolen by the NID instead of having this garbage fucking episode with the whitest Hawaiians you've ever seen? I think Sam Egan thought he was making an exciting um, intrigue episode. He failed. He failed yeah, so no. hard. No, he did. He definitely did. Uh, but I think that's what he was aiming for. He was going for, like, that military subterfuge intrigue thing. Yeah, that, I can detect that in the, like, three things about this episode that were good. Yeah. And, uh, like... But that's about it, I guess. So I kind of agree with you. The show's gonna do that better later, so... Honestly, this episode's kind of making me think of Farpoint, uh, Encounter at Farpoint, which is, you know, uh, the next-gen um, pilot episode. Oh, God, yes. <laughs> terrible episode. Terrible episode. I reference it a lot because it's really, really, truly just a really bad episode. It's, it's, not, it's, it's so dramatic. It's so stupidly dramatic. It's, it's got some good acting from, like, two people. Yeah. That's about it. And I love these actors, and this was not their best work. No. Um, however, I love the episode not only because it's just, you know, the pilot of a show that I love, but yeah. because they do continue, they, they literally make the continuity of the episode through the show, which some people don't like. I love how the uh, series finale ties back into it Yeah, no, I think that's my opinion. smart. Um, I loved it. I thought that full circle thing was cool. Maybe I'm just a sucker. Absolutely. I don't care. My whole no, point I, is, I agree with you. <laughs> my, whole, my whole point is I love Encounter at Farpoint because it makes me think of how something really terrible can still make something really good. Yeah. As a byproduct. If I remember correctly, these uh, dudes we're introduced to in this become a somewhat cool element later in the show. So this could be a potential Encounter at Farpoint episode in that I fucking hate it, but it might make good things later. I'm gonna be honest, I don't remember how they come back. Uh, the committee. Like, I know they come back, I just don't remember uh, it. They're, uh, they, they come back as the uh, the committee. It's a whole thing. 
Yeah, it's fine. It'll, when it comes up, I'll remind you. I trust you. I trust that they come back. I just don't remember it. But again, I don't even remember if that's really that well done to begin with. So this could be a good thing. I'm trying to be a, I guess, a devil's advocate myself for once because I'm going to be doing a lot of shitting on this episode. <laughs> so I'm trying to start off a little pleasant. <laughs> but yeah, that's all I got. I'm out. Yeah. So they're telling Hammond about this touchstone that can control the weather on this planet. And Sam Egan most most notably shows his writing quote unquote chops in the weird fucking dialogue choices he oh, has here. Do you mean the shitty exposition in the beginning? Yeah. <laughs> like Hammond saying, "Are you sure you guys weren't under any local voodoo?" Yeah, voodoo, and it's like what? 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 What does that even mean? First of all, where's the precedent for this? Yeah. Second of all, what? Yeah, I know. What does that even mean? I don't know. I'm wildly confused and I don't like it. I just realized I was shouting because I had my earbuds in. Oops. <laughs> Listen, you're fine. Anywho. I was shouting and my headphone is on. So yeah, they're um they're having their weird, terrible exposition scene. Yeah. So With far too many dramatic close ups. They're basically talking about that, yeah. Um, yeah, it's not a great combination, Sam Egan and Brad Turner. No. That makes for a very clunky episode. Although I will give Brad Turner credit, the vaguest of credit here. Um, it doesn't feel as choppy with the scene cuts as Toka Part 1. Okay. <laughs> That's not really a, a credit, yeah. because, like, Toka Part 1, the scene cuts were so bad I was mad about it, but... There was one fade in where I'm like, I'm pretty sure there was a commercial there, and honestly, the transition was pretty good, but that's, like, the best compliment I can give Brad Turner for this whole episode, so. Alright. Uh, so, this is where Daniel suggests that the planet was terraformed by another race, since the locals aren't advanced enough to be the ones responsible for it. Yeah, I, uh... I, I already said it. This this episode would have been a lot better if it took place on the planet with a whole host of different actors um, playing the yeah, family. <laughs> and I mean, I'm sorry, but seriously, it was it was bad. They weren't even good actors. No, like I said, the, the, they were doing a bad job. Dear Lord, it was everyone's day off the day of this filming. That's all I gotta say. Must have been. But yeah, so they want to go back and study it. Hammond floats the idea of borrowing it to try and reverse engineer it, but Sam shuts that down and is like, no, that would that would destroy their climate immediately. I, you know, this is honestly, I guess, a slight element of good continuities. This, this is a continuation of that slightly shitty version of Hammond that we've seen before now in Spirits, where it's like, he just casually goes, and there's no way we can just, you know, briefly steal it. He does say borrow, he doesn't say steal. Okay, yeah, but so does a pirate. I mean... I will give him credit. He had no way of knowing that it would, like, mess up their weather if they took it for a little no, while. My big thing was was mostly just the, uh, the superiority of, well, I mean, it's their thing, but there's no way we can just steal it real fast, right? <laughs> like, that's not an option. Like, that only comes from people who are in a higher place. Oh, and yeah, quote, no, unquote, that's definitely a higher military. Yeah. We could just take it for a little while and reverse engineer, right? Also, yeah, the idea that we would be able to reverse engineer it. <laughs> 
Yeah, exactly. There's a lot of assumptions made there, and first and foremost is that it's not going to, I don't know, piss off the locals if you steal their... Let's say it doesn't fuck with their weather system. It's still just, you know, kind of rude to steal their religious okay, artifacts. I am going to stop you right there and say I don't think he was genuinely saying steal it. I think he was saying you ask have, them no, if they can borrow it. You are correct, but it's a slippery slope with him. And I know for sure that their mentality behind that was definitely, and if they say no, there's no way we can just borrow it anyway. I mean, I stand by this. No, you're correct. He never he doesn't say it at all, and there's nothing really to overly insinuate it. I just definitely got that vibe. Yeah, I didn't. But well, that's fine. That's just moving on. Uh, especially because of how, although, like, I was gonna say, especially because of how hard he's in their court uh, with solving this this crime. But that could just be him being like, "Why the fuck is things happening behind my back?" When yeah, no, my it's mostly project. that. Yeah. yeah, it's mostly that. That's just the which I mean, I'm not judging him for that, but. <laughs> It's mostly that. And especially because they're keeping him from his BFF, the president. Or the president's just a liar. I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be shocked. Yeah, right? I mean, he is a politician. But I have, in a previous episode, um, I don't remember which one it was, but another time, oh, it was uh, Bane, when they were trying to get a hold of the president and they couldn't, and I floated the concept of um, someone purposefully keeping the president busy so that oh, he yeah. couldn't get a hold of him. And they actually float that in this episode, so I will actually give Sam Egan that credit. But yeah, so they're like, no, we can't, we can't borrow it. It would just completely ruin the planet's atmosphere immediately. It's, it's keyed to their planet, you know? But he's like, okay, yeah, you can go back and study it there. And they go back, and there's a very obvious bad storm happening. With some of the truly worst green screen effects I have seen in a while. <laughs> and then the locals come out and demand they return the touchstone. Okay, and that's where um, I was like, cool, I love this plot already. Thanks, guys. I definitely got the impression, um, horribly acted as it was, oh, that God, the it was leader dude was supposed to be blind, right? Was that what he was trying to do? That's what I was gonna ask, because I cannot decide. Because, like, okay, so Pretty Mc, um, you know, Pretty Mc Bikini Girl is... Oh, yeah, I was mad about her costume, too. Uh, it... The fucking sarong bullshit? I'm pretty sure she was just, like, a model they hired off the street, basically. Oh, honest, okay, so the very end of the episode, when she puts the touchstone back and just stands next to it and smiles, I'm like... Right? So and she model. auditioned for Wheel of Fortune, or... Yeah, exactly. It's like, this was definitely not her, like, this was, like, her first credit, if that. Anyway, so my whole point is, when they, uh, come, as, you know, out of the gate and it's all stormy and shit, right, they're approached almost immediately by the royal family of, uh, two white people surrounded by, uh, what I assume was the casting director's assumption of what Hawaiian people look like. Oh, man. Uh, I have feelings about this episode. <laughs> yeah, no, you're not wrong. Uh, but... Pretty girl just says, Uncle, the visitors are here. And so it's, and she does that a couple times throughout the episode. So I'm pretty sure it's supposed to be insinuated that he's blind because of that. And he does some interesting eye movements to yeah, back it up. I hated up. it. I, I hated it. Like I said, they both were terrible actors. <laughs> also, why? Why make that decision? I, that could be asked about a lot of things in this episode. But there was, there was literally no point to him being blind for this episode. So why make that decision? 
they needed dude this is this is t- rapidly turning into like original series star trek where every planet they go to has a pretty princess oh sucks have, have you noticed that it's starting to get up there now with how many pretty princesses we've had uh yeah dude okay so i actually made a note because i didn't remember this episode very well because i don't remember anything that has to do with the nid very well because i hate them but at the very beginning of the episode i was like this girl is hella suspicious <laughs> i had real flashbacks to the princess from need except this one wasn't hiding anything she just doesn't know how to act yes and yeah no one on this planet can act oh my god God. There was one guy I called Fred the Extra because he, when they're being like guided in by Spearpoint, you know, after being accused of stealing the touchstone. Yeah. Um, getting a little ahead of myself here, but yeah, that's what happens. They get accused of stealing it because Stormy. I mean, that's where we are right now. Right. Said. But they as they're getting in, guided they're in, they're accused of stealing it. Yeah. Right. And as they're getting guided in, I was like, "Lol, Fred the Extra, really working hard here," because like of all the guys with the spears, there was like one who was like, "Oh," and like <laughs> was holding the most like rigid stance. It was like inching behind them, fierce face, fully off. You know, because it was like the director oh, went, "Okay, God. now you're going to be in full camera view, so really emphasize that you are stern." Oh, and don't forget, Lord. you have a spear. Oof. It was just, but it, it cracked me up, and this was honestly, like, the, like this is basically the last good moment I had before the, uh, <laughs> the line that ruined everything happened. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. I didn't fully write it down. So, basically, um, <laughs> they say, that, wait, let's, so, they say witnesses saw people dressed and armed like them come in during the night and steal it, and then leave through the gate. Oh, yeah, they're inside now, by the way. I love how they say that in response to Jack being like, why didn't you have guards on this? And they're like, oh, we have witnesses. And it's like, that's not guards. What do you... I mean, to be fair, again, this would have been a better episode if it had taken place on the planet with, like, more story about the planet. Because mm-hmm. they could have talked about how, like, they've, you know, for example, been living in peace this entire time. Because I sure would like to know why, for example, the gold haven't come back to, I don't know, steal this piece of clearly ancient technology. Right? It's obviously because the ancient has, you know, there's some kind of ancient shielding left here, too. Which would have been nice to have been emphasized or explained mm-hmm. or something. But nope. And it's completely not even mentioned at any point why this planet has been left untouched because they don't care about actually talking about anything other than their stupid B plot that shouldn't, it feels, it, the thing that's supposed to be the A plot, but is somehow, somehow, somehow the B plot. Yeah, that's because there isn't a B plot. <sighs> yeah, but what kills me about this is they're inside, they notice the thing is missing, that you say, you know, as you said, they talk about, you know, how there were witnesses instead of guards. That would be a great time to explain why their guards aren't people that guard. <laughs> yeah. But again, they are not interested in building up the lore of this planet whatsoever because reasons. I, I got nothing. I got nothing. Yeah. When, especially when they clearly spend so many close-ups on this thing, especially to, to emphasize the symbols on it. Which, again, no one mentions how those symbols look awfully familiar. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know, on the gate... Yep. <laughs> but nope. I just have so many Goodness I have no. so much anger in me about this episode. It's so badly done. It's so badly put together. It fucking yeah. hurts. Like this is such an ignoble entrance for the ancients, honestly. I know. It's an anchor <laughs> pulling down what becomes a good storyline. Uh-huh. Yeah, cuz I like I love next week's episode. Yeah, God, can't wait to get to that one. Um, oh, I can't wait to talk about that one. Uh, but yeah, so my, my note says, uh, Leader thinks even if the team isn't responsible, holding them will bring the people in that are. And Jack says that only applies 
if the people care about them, and has a sexist line. He has what I just... I have heard some sexist shit before, but this is just, like, this is... I mean, obviously all sexist shit is stupid, by definition, but what fucking kills me is how blatantly stupid this line is, and yet it got past several people yep. <laughs> and then went to air. This this ep- this line had to have been presented and brought to air by the same person who insisted on giving a full bush in the pilot episode. Because yeah. this is the same level of just, what? Because the line is... So Jack's... Jack's way of emphasizing to the leader that thieves don't care about the victims of their actions, his, his, his emphasis for this is, let me give you a life lesson about thieves. They're not really in touch with their feminine sides. Ugh. Caring would be a low priority. And I, that's when I started texting you again, because I just... I'm horror laughing all over again because it's that's such an atrociously horrible line. It uh-huh. fucking hurts. He's like at the very basic level, he is blatantly oblivious to the fact that he has a female teammate as he says this. Yep. Who he is now just completely sidelined as a main point of effectiveness in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, it was it was a bad line. That's why I was like, I didn't even write it down. I'm just like, cool, he says something sexist. Thanks, buddy. But, and it's just like, that's not even... It's like, on, first off, how the fuck are all thieves men? That was the writer knowing that later he's gonna write the team as a bunch of dudes, so therefore this line makes sense. So my last notes were, fucking what the fuck did he just say? Caring isn't, nope, I'm out. And then, fuck this episode, fuck this writer, I'm out. And then my last line, which I mentioned earlier, I genuinely don't have anything more to say about this episode. Yeah, I love how that's how early. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry. It's not, I love, I've gotten officially, like, think one person now, like, well, yeah, it'd be great if people weren't getting so offended all the time. It's like, fuck you, man. I'm going to be offended by somebody who does something very offensive. And that line is fucking offensive. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'll, uh, I have some notes from the stuff I texted you, and that's pretty much it. Uh, this is going to be a lot of, uh, you know, anything that comes to mind, I'll, I'll mention, but that's about it. <laughs> so, yeah, go ahead. Uh, but, yeah, so um, the leader wearily decides to trust them and track down the real culprits, because uh, what the fuck else can they do, really? They don't, like, like we pointed out that, like, they don't, they don't have any way to defend themselves. They don't even know how to have real guards. So, like, what, what were they gonna do? How did they really think they were gonna keep SG-1 here if they didn't want to be here, you know? Yeah, no, I, one of the many things they gloss over is how the, um, people with spears, I like how now, now all of a sudden they care about people leaving with their stuff. Um. Yeah. <laughs> but what kills me is... Again, an element that could have been explored in this, and I can't believe I'm going to say this, but it's something that Emancipation did somewhat better, which is the concept of the uh, technological difference in weapons. So, for example, you have uh, Jack who pulls out his pistol and points it at the guy with the spear. He's like, no, 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 you're not going to be holding us here. Except they don't know what a pistol is. Oh, yeah. And yet they react as if they do. What's up with that? I feel like that's something that could have been explored or mentioned or, you know, done even a tiny bit differently, but nope. He doesn't even fire into the air first. Again, somehow Emancipation did this better. Yeah, I don't know, man. I can't. 
just of all the things to slip and fall through, this is a stupid hole, but there's just, they can't even get a steady gait because they're tripping and falling too much into all the really shitty writing. Yeah. And directing. They're just hampered on all sides. <laughs> they didn't have, this didn't, didn't stand a chance. Nope. So yeah, uh, Jack does some questionable science with a gun. <laughs> that, that they just have to take his word for it, I guess. Somehow they know but, I mean, they this. can't act, so, like, whatever. <laughs> but yeah, so, what happens? Well, yeah, so they're going back through, uh, and Jack demands, like, a private, um, meeting with Hammond, and, like, vaguely accuses him of being responsible for it. <laughs> so I think Jack is on your side list with the thinking that he would have been down with stealing it. <laughs> there you go. Jack, Jack supports your, your, uh, paranoia there. It's not paranoia if it's proven truth about the military <laughs> and the government. Yeah, we haven't seen Hammond do that yet. All he's done is ask for a, uh, a journalist to get killed. <laughs> That's all he's done. It's just ordering death done. of a random civilian. It's fine. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and, and casually and advocated for the violation of indigenous rights on their own planet. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, actually, we did just have spirit, so I can understand why Jack is willing to believe Hammond would have signed off right. on this, actually. Right. Yeah. I will no. actually give Sammy good credit for you that You know, that's now. actually, I, as, as you were saying that, I was like, shit, is that a point of good writing? Fuck. <laughs> it's probably just an accident, to be honest. There we go. That makes sense. And you will see like, how uh, unwilling I am to give him any points here. <laughs> and Hammond's like, uh, no, I had nothing to do with this. <laughs> Um, and then he's like, okay, well, maybe it wasn't you, but do you think maybe another team did this? And he's like, nothing happens to the gate here without me knowing about it. Nobody could go through the gate here without me knowing about it. And then they're like, well, what about, what about the other gate? I have a question. No, they don't actually bring that up yet. Sorry. I have a question. Yeah. Yeah. Um, does, I, 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 I might just, you know, totally blocked it out because I was blocking out so much of this episode at this point. Um, th th let's be honest. I, I got through my little rage fest here in about five minutes. This is like attempt number four at getting through it because the first three each lasted about five minutes longer or less each time I had one. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I totally, I, I don't think I was paying attention enough here. Did they bring up the fact that maybe it could have been another SG team that was just off-world, had heard about what happened, and then decided to do some, you know, a spot of thievery? Um, okay, so basically what happens, uh, so what happens in the scene is that Jack is like, you know, Jack's like, okay, maybe you didn't have anything to do with it, but maybe another SGC team, and he's like, yeah, but nothing happens to this gate without me knowing about it, and Jack's like, okay, can we check out the, you know, the dialing information just in case? They do never actually come up with the idea of another SGC team. Yeah, uh, at, what, there, at what this, if there's one that's off-world? No, well, hang on. No, I, I do want to say, at this point, when he's first bringing this up, they do not bring it up. Okay. But he does have, he does go, can Sam look through all the dialing protocols to see if there's anything sketchy that comes up? And Ham's like, okay. and Ham once again is like, look, nothing happens at this gate without me knowing about it. But yeah, go for it. And then... While apparently the whole team has to be involved in her looking this dialing information up because they're all in the room. But while she's looking over that stuff, uh, we have news about there's a whole bunch of news reports of freak weather happening around the America. And Jack's like, well, okay, maybe that's just weird weather. And they're like, mm, or maybe <laughs> the touchstone was calibrated to the other planet 
and it's not working right here. Weird. Maybe this piece of alien technology you stole without the manual doesn't uh, just work. How strange. But but then at that point, Sam's like, okay, I got in, and she's looking at, um, she she manages to find, the science here is so weird, and again, I didn't take as detailed notes because this episode kind of sucked, but she manages to find some energy spike going to that planet or whatever, or something like that. Oh, no, no, sorry. Okay. I guess she's just looking over all of the recent gate travel information, and for one specific team, and it's SG-2, there was a uh, huge energy spike during one of their gate travel parts of their missions. Gotcha. And this is where Jack suggests that maybe they, like, went to the planet and then from the planet went there. I'm pretty sure. Um, I think Jack briefly suggests that, but Sam's like, no, no, no. This energy spike looks a lot more like what it looked like when we accidentally went through the Antarctic Gate. But I do think the fact that she found the energy spike during the SG-2 mission, I do think for a brief second, Jack does float the idea. Yeah. And they they basically say, no, there was no time where they could have done that. I believe it. Sorry, there is a kitten that is trying really hard to get into this room. (laughs) She wants to be part of this podcast. There's just a little paw just going... Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so they suspect that someone's using the Antarctic Gate, and Jack compares it, to, uh, and they and they decide that they timed that gate travel through at the same time as SG two to hide the trip, and Jack compares it to firing a gun during a train, uh, train driving by to hide the shot, and the rest of the team stares at him blankly, like what? Just him being a spy. I did actually enjoy that moment. Because he's just like, yes, like, fire your gun when a train is going by. And everyone else, including Sam, just stares at it. (laughs) Not not that I've had to covertly shoot people or anything. No, no. Actually, yeah, like I said, I liked that one because it actually did a good job of showing that, like, despite the fact that Sam and Jack are both, you know, military, there's still a difference between their types of military. Yeah, yeah, you know, she doesn't uh, have a history of black ops, no. Yeah, so, it's like you said in the text, you're like, there are pieces of a good episode in this episode. <laughs> I said, there are pieces of a really good episode buried in this nightmare. Yeah. Uh, so, Hammond starts trying to make calls on the red phone, and is being put on hold, and he does have the great line of, son, do you know what color this phone is? <laughs> And apparently the guy doesn't care and continues to put him on hold. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's almost funny. Yeah. Uh, and they, they discuss that someone is purposefully trying to keep the president busy so that Hammond can't talk to him. And Jack tells him about uh, the decommissioned gate being used. Like, this is definitely what it is. This, the, the readings match. It's definitely the other gate. That's how it happened. And Hammond mentions how early on in the Stargates uh, being created, Stargate program being created, there was a lot of debate about how it should be used and how he suspected that there were some voices that purposely remained quiet so that they couldn't, you know, have a target put on them for their opinions on things. And Sam figures out that the touchstone is in Nevada. I don't know why she figures out the touchstone is in Nevada. 
actually. Don't they find because out it's later wrong. it's in Utah? Yeah. Yeah, I don't... That doesn't make any sense. Maybe it was, like, where the power came from? Like, the Wasn't power there briefly? center? Yeah. No, here, okay, here's the thing. No, I don't know. Because we do know... It's definitely suggested at the end that Mayborn was 100% involved in this, so maybe at some point Touchstone was in Nevada? Oh, yeah, that's right, because they, they had just gotten requisitions for a new location, so it used to be probably at Area 51. No, no, they got a requisition so that they could move it from Utah. They were getting a requis- they were getting a requisition to move it because the map went through and they knew that they were they were right. in trouble. Well, that's what I'm. So let me rephrase. Let me rephrase. I think that they wanted to go to Utah as their new location, and then immediately had to go. Well, shit. Never mind. Now it's another place. I don't know. That's my only yeah. explanation. That's my only it's, explanation. It's weird. It doesn't. It's my only the explanation. Only I Again, think... I wasn't paying enough attention, which is my fault. But I was just. I was out. No. Here's the thing. They don't. Well, they don't explain this well. Because, like we both said, ultimately we find the gate and the touchstone in Utah, and we don't actually get any information about how it wound up there. Especially because of the fact that we we make a point that we get like notable information because it has to be a huge plane to to transport it, that they noticed this happening the second time. So how did they not notice it getting moved the first time? Because I don't it, have answers for to, you. It was it definitely had to have been in Nevada at some point. Yeah, I it, yeah, so I yeah, it had to have been at one point. Mayborn was lying when he said he didn't know why it was plastic now and so on. Here's the thing, I hate Mayborn, but the actor does a good job of looking mildly panicked this entire episode. <laughs> thing i um i have to give massive amounts of kudos to the actor and to mayborn as a character because once again i like how much i detest mayborn because mayborn is a um i kept i kept like not saying it last time because it didn't quite float yet but i remembered mm-hmm. him being a believer like an actual believer like he thinks in like the patriot act kind of terms you know oh he yeah really, definitely he's a firm believer and uh this episode yeah, really does bring right that to life thing. Right, and then when so when he's properly motivated, I don't put past I don't put anything past him. So no. I that and I mean that in a good way, as in he's well created as a character there, and he's um, well acted and very very well. Um, and this episode is, for all its flaws, um, it can't hamper him. I think, and I that's I think that's why I don't know necessarily if Mayborn was lying, because that's why I just now I said, oh, he must have been lying then, because I was still waffling. <laughs> yeah, here's because the that's thing. That's how good of a job point, he does. Yeah, in the middle of the episode, I was like, "Well, is he lying?" But by the yeah. end, it's definitely yeah, he was lying. Right, right, and that's what kind of cemented. I was like, "Wait," but then I was also wondering if it was kind of like one of those things where they um, uh, it's like that shit movie um, Now You See Me, where it doesn't make any sense for Mark Ruffalo to be the guy yeah. that's uh, behind the whole thing because he spends the entire episode, even when he's alone trying to find them as if he doesn't know. So it's kind of yes, like... The, but I it's still like love even, that movie. <laughs> right? But it's like how the villain doesn't even know he's the villain until the end because the writers didn't tell him. It's like sometimes yeah. it's well done and sometimes it's not well done. Because um, like Usual Suspects, for example, they were all told they were uh, Kaiser Soze, actually. That's why they all acted the way they did. Oh, that's and cool. Then, yeah, apparently a couple of them were like really pissed when they Aww. found out later that they weren't. Uh, but that was how they could convincingly act the way they did, is because they were trying to secretly pretend they weren't Kaiser Soze. So, it's kind of, I get that feel from this episode, honestly, where the actor did a great job, and maybe he knew the truth, and that's why I'm kind of like, I'm willing to believe that because of the actor being good enough. I could see it being that he was acting his ass off. Yeah, I believe he Or, knew. or 
it could definitely be said that the fucking villain didn't know until the end, based on the fact that he was, like, really seemingly panicked, and then all of a sudden at the end was like, oh, what are you fucking talking about? Shit happens. <laughs> yeah. I I think the actor, I have enough faith in the actor um, that he knew. Hey, I'm, I'm not unhappy with that as a, con- as a conclusion, so. Yeah. Uh, so... I love how much we jump around when we hate an episode. <laughs> yeah, it's like, who fucking cares about continuity and spoiling? <laughs> um, alright. Uh, okay, so Sam figures out somehow that the touchstone is in Nevada, and when she says that, they're like, well, the second gate was sent to Nevada, and it was sent to Area F-51. Um, and they're like, yeah, guess who just got reassigned to Area 51? Mayborn. Who says that, and how do they know? <laughs> Keep an eye on your enemies? I don't know. Who said it, though? I can't remember. Uh, I believe it was Hammond telling him that. So we could, like, almost track. I, I'll I ta- believe I'll it was Hammond, because it. it was either Hammond or it was Jack, but I really don't see Jack having that information. Yeah, that's the thing, is if it was Jack, that's like, okay, and how the fuck do you know that? No, I'm pretty sure it was Hammond, and okay. I think, like, Hammond was, like, guess who just got reassigned, and then Jack made the jump to Mayborn. Dude, this episode makes a lot of jumps and and, and accidentally just doesn't ask a shit ton of questions that would oh, make yeah. a lot of sense to ask, and Absolutely. it's entirely because of the bad writing, so I'm not I'm not unwilling to believe that this is just one of the many things that falls into the hole. So, uh, meanwhile, their mouth on the, the planet uh, is showing a blizzard happening now. And Sam gives it a max of 48 hours before its um, climate is a complete write-off. Also, it'd be great to mention how many people that would affect. I love how they don't give a fuck about the people that live there. They don't even mention this will affect, like, I don't know, X amount of people. Like, they have definitely mentioned, like, populations before and their, yeah. their issues. And in this case, they're f- clearly focused on the fucking tech that they're somehow still unwilling to even talk about in this episode. And they don't even fucking mention the fucking people in that. And it's like, okay, great. Granted, we've only seen, like, 15 people in that one hut, but who the fuck knows how many... I would assume there's a couple hundred people out there for genetic diversity alone. Sam Egan did not want to think about... Yeah. Um, the culture at all. So there was no background to this episode. There was literally no background to this episode. Not a... He didn't provide an ounce of background. He was uninterested in providing... Any sort of anything, any substance. This ep- that's what it is. This episode has exactly zero substance beyond the the so called plot, which again yeah. I don't even really consider a plot, considering how it could be condensed into like three fucking minutes. <laughs> yeah, it's it's rough, man. And they go over here to talk to a guy, to go over there to talk to a guy, to go over there to talk to a guy, and oh my god, there's the gate. Now they go back and talk to a guy. <laughs> yeah, it is honestly a lot of back and forth nonsense. It feels like the shitty parts of the Indiana Jones movie, just staring at the map, watching the little red line. <laughs> Actually, this episode would have been better if they had uh, that. <laughs> right? Uh, so yeah, moving on uh, to my next tirade, so, last tirade. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Present tirade. Uh, God, I can't keep track of my notes because it's so bad. Uh, oh, so they, Hammond decides to send them to Area 51 to, de- quote-unquote, deliver very important paperwork. Sure. A Nora general can just generate that kind of authority, sure. And Jack's like, oh, paperwork that's important enough to need a three-man guard with a Jaffa guard or whatever? 
I'm sorry, I don't know enough about black sites, but I'm assuming that all black sites aren't just like in a constant hive network awareness level of each other. I would have thought they'd be black sites, you know, and treated as such with like separate distinct levels of uh, top clearance, uh, top secret clearance needed and um, ability to get in and out. Like, are you, is it really just that easy? Well, I mean, okay, it, it is stupid um, and like it's very like pointed and obvious them getting in and all that shit. But they do make a point of saying that, like, they have the highest military clearance. Which, technically, this is a military site. So, <laughs> when you're talking about the clearance side of things, it's like, they, they, they can. They can do that. It's sure. nonsense. I don't know enough about the military here to say, to say one way or the other, so I guess I'll take it. I'm just... Like, I don't least, think I'm anyone thinks they're being... how easy it was. I don't think anyone thinks they're actually being subtle here. They're just... They're kind of being like, look, legally we can do this, so... <laughs> yeah, well, I, I guess the whole point was to emphasize that it was not going to be, um... It, um the only people who were going to know about it were the people in that room, supposedly. Yeah, They weren't going to be sure. foretelling it. Yeah, they weren't going to be alerting Area 51 to their presence as they, um... They Until gonna they're already ahead. there. There we yeah. go. That, that's the word I'm looking for, phrase I'm looking for here. They weren't going to be calling ahead. Yeah, exactly. That's basically what it comes down to. Uh, and then here's where I'm like, wow, hate this shot in the shadows with the background lit perfectly. Again, why? 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 So why is he allergic to light in this episode? Brad Turner had to be doing it on purpose. Yes, exactly. And it's so bad. Basically, in the background, the, the, the background, like the buildings and, and the everything that's not people is perfectly lit. It's very bright out. It's like the middle of the day. It's in Nevada, obviously. But for some reason, all of the people being shot in this shot are completely swallowed up by shadows. It's supposed to represent that they're in a secret Air Force base and everything is so secret and I covert. hate it. I it's hate awful. it so it's, bad. It's the exact um, opposite of I'm actually going to jump ahead. Can we, put Brad Pern- Can we put Brad Turner in the Hall of Shame? Yeah, let's do it. I hated it so bad. I was like, this is, this is bad, sir. And uh, what makes it worse is the fact that, like, he definitely did it on purpose and he thought he was doing something cool. Like I said, he's a freshman art student who thinks he's being edgy. Ugh. It was, uh, I hated it. So, they are led in by a guy named Reynolds, um, who seems kind of earnest about, you know, greeting them and everything. Um, he was earnest about chatting him up with all their personal information. Yeah. Uh, I did like his one line about where he's like, he's, as he's leading them through, he's like saying, oh yeah, the thing, (laughs) this part was stupid where it's like, oh yeah, remember all the other episodes of this show that were better? (laughs) Remember things you brought back from those? Yeah, we're doing stuff with that over here or this over here. But I did like his whole reference to, um, The Torment of Tantalus where he's like, yeah, uh, over here, we're looking at the stuff you brought back from that planet, Doctor Jackson. Love that meaning of life stuff. <laughs> it's I said pri- I said uh, personal information. That was the wrong word. It was it was meant to be that like, hey, look at all these things I know. You're not you're not you don't have the high ground here, Anakin. <laughs> but it's like they they don't care if you know about and, that. It was sent here for well, a reason, weirdo. <laughs> what what pisses me off about this is that you can watch. Them all, well, I guess with the exception of Teal, because doing his normal stone man thing, but yeah. not in a bad way. Like you can, he he shows emotion in this episode. 
so that's fine. But um, for the most part, it shows how with each revelation, they're getting more and more discomfited as they find out all of the stuff of theirs that they found that's being worked on by the government here. You know it's what? Like, that actually, I did not, maybe I was just so <laughs> uninterested that I wasn't watching their faces during the first part of it. Um, I did not actually notice that, and it makes more sense, because I actually wrote a note, because they go, they find the, uh, they show the gold death glider that's being worked on. Yeah. And my note here is, my note here was like, Tina has a PSD flashback looking at the gold death glider? Because yeah. that's where, that's where I actually noticed that they looked, like, uncomfortable, yeah. and I'm like, no. are you guys having bad memories about that mission what's going on instead it's like it's like halfway to good directing because if it were for the fact that it doesn't make any sense whatsoever for two of the characters it would have been a good way to not be like super on the nose with the revelation of the death gliders with that dramatic scene it's, you know because it does have some 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 good lead up in a way mm-hmm. with um, that hallway scene however it still isn't actually good directing because it doesn't make sense for sam and jack to look yeah, so exactly. fucking uncomfortable yeah that's why that's why i'm like oh so that actual that actual shot makes vague sense like what they were meaning to do with that but it's stupid that yeah. sam or jack would be shocked that, that, first of all jack had to know all that stuff was being sent to area 51 he's Where second else would he sent? he's second at sgc you're telling me he didn't know where things were being sent after they brought it through? Get the fuck out of here. He knew exactly where things were being sent. Maybe he just didn't want to think about sent. it. Like, maybe it's supposed to be, like, a revelation about his character. I just no, wish it it's been not. a better episode. No, it's not who he is as a character. He knew yeah, well, exactly I mean, where it was if, going. If, I, don't, I don't take it seriously, but I'm saying if they had wanted us to take it seriously, they should have done it in a better episode. Because, yeah, yeah no, we're not that, taking that it seriously. That is wildly we're not, we're not stupid that Sam idea. and Jack... If they wanted to have that, that communication of that concept, they should have focused on Daniel's face. Yeah, and instead his is, like, the third, and it's like, but he's the only one it makes sense for. He's the guy who's literally backhanded the military in his quest to do the right thing, which is keeping this shit out of the hands of the military. He's done it for the Tolan, he's done it for the Knox, he's done it for the, um, uh, he, he did it with the Salish. Um, sometimes it's, you know, super direct, like, with the Tolan, and sometimes it's just like, hey, bury your shit. But he is the guy who would be the most unhappy in this situation, outwardly mm-hmm. so especially. And yet he's the guy who's like an afterthought in the scene, which doesn't make sense. <laughs> I'm so That's mad about thing. this episode. Here's the thing. So Daniel's an afterthought in this whole episode. Which doesn't make sense. Which doesn't make sense. Which doesn't make sense. Which but doesn't he make sense. The, he should have been the face of this episode because if you want any of what's happening in this episode to be okay. a shock, you need to be looking at the civilian. I'm presenting this to you. You know what this should have been? You know how I've been saying how this should have been a different episode, right? How it should have been written on, like, the face of this planet? I'm just going to really quickly run down for you what this two-parter episode should have actually been, with fifth Uh place being the second part. Because in a lot of ways, it would have made more sense for Daniel to be the, uh, without giving too much away, it, lo- you know, as, okay. as the bridge between cultures. I'm not getting into it, don't worry. I'm just saying, in some elements, as a linguist, for example, it would have made sense, right? I Okay, I do want to say real quick. What's up? If, if he had been the one taking over, they would have had almost no chance no, 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 exactly. of no, I'm, translating I'm down with anything. It. No, 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 no. Yeah. I'm down with it. I'm down with it. I have nothing against the next episode. And to be fair, Jack. Daniel tried to throw himself in and yeah, Jack no, replaced I'm not him. complaining. Yeah. No, no, I'm not yeah. complaining. No, I'm I get it. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry. It wouldn't I, just, even... I love that episode, so no, I'm thinking I about it. Yeah. No. <laughs> so here's the thing. Jack being the star of the next episode makes complete sense. I am not taking away from that. However, yes. you know what would have you know set it up even better? 
is if this episode had been a Daniel episode, where it could have cemented that bridge that's going to have to be present for next episode. Mm-hmm. However, they don't do that. But they no. could have had something that was, like, cementing what the touchstone is, what this technology is, why these people are here, why there doesn't seem to be any traces of the people who protected them, but they still seem to be protected. An element will definitely see that's indicative of the agents in later shows, for sure. I mean, I know that's later building stuff, but they could have done so much here, and they could have used Daniel as the star for the episode. And then that would have led in beautifully to his bestie, sometimes husband, depending on how I'm feeling. (laughs) But then it would have been great as a lead-in to the next episode. Instead, there's, like, three cough... If... I call them cough-cough moments, except these ones aren't even cough-cough. They're just cough. They don't even try, but they also definitely had this idea of of introducing the ancients as an idea here, and yet they don't do that. (laughs) It's it's so confusing what happened, but it would have been amazing if they had done a Daniel episode here, cementing next episode's Jack episode. You're not wrong. And what a beautiful what's, foundation. What's wild? What's wild is the fact that like this episode wants it to eat it, have its cake and eat it too, because like there are several instances in which they reference like vaguely Jack's obvious connection to Black Ops, and yet they think they can also play with Jack being shocked that all of this behind the scenes sneaky bullshit is happening. What? Like I said, there are a couple of pieces of something that could have been a good episode. You could have even... I, I do think, like you said, absolutely, focusing on Daniel so that you can have the bridge for the next one it makes much more sense. You could have even just focused on Sam more than Jack for this episode. Because, again, she didn't do Black Ops. We saw yeah. that where she was with the rest of them, where she was like, what do you mean shooting a gun while a train's driving by? You know? Yeah, if, if you're in love with the military aspect that this episode is more... Um, you know, it's clearly leaning on more heavily, fine. Use Sam then. Yeah, just don't have Jack. He is definitely the linchpin of shittiness there. Yeah. Oh, yeah, especially because he starts out the episode with that terrible sexist line. So, uh, Jack makes some li- some joke about, oh, is this where you uh, keep the little green men or what gray men or whatever um, to Reynolds? And Reynolds is like, oh, there are no alien life forms in Area 51. And Jack does a little side look at Teal'c. <laughs> I think he says something after that, too. And I feel like it would have been better capped off by him just looking at Teal'c instead of saying something. Like, I feel like the, what I, it was something like present company excluded or something. I don't know. That would It would have been better if it had just been the significant look at Teal and then camera cut to Teal where Teal just kind of has his Teal non reaction. Yeah. Or I, this would have been a great moment for Teal's eyebrow, but nope. Wait, we do get a slight Teal eyebrow. They should have uh, held on that instead of having the line or whatever. Yeah, they were hell-bent on giving him a smart aleck line earlier, uh, Jack a smart aleck got line, but then they weren't they weren't sold on any of the ideas they tried with this episode, not even comedy, because they didn't even <laughs> try and follow through on any comedic elements, like the potential right there in front of them for this. Yeah, <laughs> they had a good scene and then they put a little too much into it. <laughs> or just didn't bother with it, depending on their mood. This this episode feels like they had no idea what was going on as the day it's went like by. It's like they had to make sure we got by. the joke. <laughs> They'd be like, get it? Get it? Get it? <laughs> Tilk's here. You get it? <laughs> yeah, but whatever. And then Mayborn shows up, and nobody's happy. <laughs> Lisa, and... that's probably when I texted you, how come whenever Mayborn talks, I start screaming at the computer screen, shut the fuck up? 
Yeah, it would have to be. Um, and credit to again to Mayburn and Teal and uh, and Teal'c in this this scene because Mayburn does like this very he doesn't say it with his words but he's definitely like he he greets Teal'c and you can see that like in his in his head he's going so this is how I get you here. <laughs> He doesn't say that, but you can see it in his face that he's like, oh, I finally got him here. <laughs> but obviously it's like a reference to Bane because then it, after he makes his greeting, Tilk Til just looks at him for a minute and then goes, in my culture, I would be well within my rights to dismember you. <laughs> Again, a good, a good piece of a terrible episode. Okay, I do have to say, this is actually my favorite moment because of one thing. Right after Tilk says this, for some reason... The camera decides to go past him, and Daniel is, like, very far away for some reason in this shot. <laughs> like, he's still, you know, in the group, but he's, like... Yeah, he's, he's, like, playing with the chemistry set the entire time for some Yeah, there we go. But, so it, it, it shifts to him, right, after Tilk says this for some reason, but I'm not gonna question it too much, because after Tilk says that, Daniel looks up and has the most shocked face on him. <laughs> Kind of like a, oh! <laughs> it was so good! He's like, it oh, we're doing that today, gotcha. <laughs> it was along the lines of, like, you know how um, uh, Orlando Bloom had, like, no lines in, in, um, in the movie, so he just kept making weird faces whenever he was in the background of shots? Which one? Do you, of uh, Lord of the Rings. Fellowship of the Ring or Two Towers? All of them, I believe. I believe in all of them. He was just like, yeah, there's a lot of scenes where I'm doing nothing, but I'm in the background. So I just started making these weird faces. (laughs) Interesting. I did not know that, huh? You didn't know about that? I don't even like Lord of the Rings and I knew about that. But yeah, he's like, he's like known for that with the Lord of the Rings. He like, he just makes these strange faces in the background of shots. And it's very much in the same... It's very much in the same vein. It's just, it's definitely like a, oh, face that he makes. It made, it's my favorite moment of the episode. Just that little distant shot of Daniel looking up from playing with the chemistry shit set to be like, oh, man. Oh, dude, I just realized one thing. So we kind of stumbled on accident upon the reason why he's an afterthought in this episode. He probably wasn't there for a lot of the filming. His kid was being born. Fair enough. I just realized, like, as much as I love the idea of him being the pr- Maybe that's why this episode sucks so much. They had to do a shit ton of rewrites because he couldn't be there. That's I my new like headcanon. I you're giving Sam Egan too much credit. No, this is my new headcanon. This is my new headcanon. No, dude, dude, you have no idea. Amanda Tapping hired him for eight episodes of Sanctuary. He wrote eight episodes of Sanctuary. And I'm sitting here going, oh my god, are they any ones that I like? Like, I'm, <laughs> I'm terrified. I don't want to know. <laughs> Wow. All right, maybe. maybe so I need, it. I need it to be something. Okay, <laughs> even if they had to do quick rewrites, he still wrote that sexist line. No, he's still a shithead. Don't yeah. get me wrong. I still don't like him. But maybe <laughs> but... this used to make more sense when Daniel was a bigger part of it. Maybe. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, so... Where Sorry, that just like randomly occurred to me while you were talking. Yeah, it's fine. I just, I had to tell you about my favorite scene, and it's a no, background reaction shot, because it was no, just so No, that's terrific. Good. I, now know, I now know things about that. 
Um, so Jack just doesn't dance around it. He just accuses Mayborn of stealing the touchstone. I mean, at least he can say that. Yeah, I do appreciate that, like, everyone's so done with Mayborn that no one's gonna play any, like, yeah, government right. military games. We're just like, no, where's the fucking touchstone? Just, just give it back. Just, Jesus Christ, give it back, just, please. I don't care. Just give it back. Yeah. Just, just fucking give it back, Mayborn. Yep. <laughs> And he actually does, like we were saying, a good job. The actor does a good job of, like, towing the line between our, where we start to be be like, is it just that we hate Mayborn enough that we don't believe him? Or is he actually telling the truth? Or Plus, it is totally within reason that a character like Mayborn loves to present himself as somebody who knows more, even if he doesn't. Yeah. I so he could know nothing, and he could still present himself as like, oh, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> what is happening here? I honestly here? think that would have been more interesting if that's what it wound up being. I, I watched like, this episode thought... better than it is. So yeah, exactly. Was, yeah. Because again, we find out at the end, Mayborn knew everything from the very beginning. So, yeah, so. like I said, I, this. I, I am firmly of the opinion that he didn't know. <laughs> I am starting to slide firmly into that camp that he didn't know until the end. Even though they film shit out of order, that doesn't actually technically track. God damn it. Still. <laughs> still. My eye is I just twitching. believe the actor's a good actor, man. I know, but that's like, how is he that good of an actor in this bad of an episode? <laughs> he had to do something for this episode. I don't also, know. Also, it's making me sad, because if he's really that good of an actor, that means that this is like one of the few parts I know him for. And that's like, uh, dude, man, you're better than this. I and know. I need to like, I need to look you up and find your other shit, because I need right? to do better than this. I need to like more than this, please. So they ask if they can see the second Stargate, and Mayburn's like, listen, it hasn't been used. They're like, so there's no harm in us seeing the second Stargate. They're not even committed to this little back and forth in the scene, because it doesn't even feel like it has any weight the entire time. Yeah. And then they go in, and it's in a crate and everything, and they open it up to check it out, and there's like a brief, like, moving, like, the packing material around to, like, see that it's there and everything. And Jack barely gives it any look, and is just kind of like, well, this just proves that you packed it up really quick afterwards. And then Sam just interrupts their their dick-wagging between each other to be like, hey, it's plastic. <laughs> yeah, all of a sudden that scene in Spirits makes sense. She just likes to walk up to everything and rap, tap, tap it twice, and all of a sudden she knows what it's made of. I mean, there's a very distinct difference between Granted, plastic and metal. there's a huge difference between plastic and metal, but my point is they yeah. were setting it up all along. <laughs> uh, so... I do, this is where I was saying, like, credit to this, the guy who plays Mayborn, like, he does a good job of looking, like, actually scared here or whatever. Although this is where he, uh, see, this, like, I will give vague credit. Vague is not the right word. Faint? Faint. Faint. I'll give faint credit to the line that they choose for Mayborn here, where it's, it's vague enough that he could know about it or he could not know about it. Yeah. So basically, Jack's like, hey, you tell me the punishment for losing a Stargate. And then Mayborn says, that presumes there was no authorization to move the Stargate. Yeah, see, that's, that's, I guess there's almost good elements of this episode in here. Um, yeah, because that's a vague enough line that he could just line, be talking out of his ass, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, but then, with him, but, again, but then Jack's like, the I would know if it was authorized. I have the highest clearance. And he's like, you have the highest military, military clearance. clearance. And then Jack's Which, like, oh, so it's a civilian operation. Thank you for telling me. What kills me about that is that it does technically track that that scene could have played out like that. Because as much as we like love to talk about how Mayborn's 
could be a good actor here. Um, the actor is no matter what, but um, yeah. whose name I can never remember. Um, but uh, la 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 la, the uh, Mayborn himself is a little dumb because he was that. Like I said earlier, I think he likes to pretend he knows more than he does, and I think he yeah. likes to be Absolutely. the guy who knows more. Mm-hmm. So he couldn't resist saying that. He couldn't yeah. resist revealing something. Exactly. And it him over. Yeah. <laughs> he's he's a wannabe super villain. <laughs> Yeah, but it totally, it totally tracks that this actually could have happened, isn't it? This is actually, like, could this could be good writing, because it would make sense with his character, especially as he's been presented just in this last couple of scenes. Yeah. Mayborn as a kid watched James Bond and wanted to be Dr. No. <laughs> yeah. He's not, he doesn't have the, the, uh, the class. <laughs> I haven't seen the uh, movies because I don't watch that. I don't either. Humor, yeah, but no. Um, no, no, I meant the uh, ones I'm gonna say. Uh, I haven't seen the Austin Powers movies because that's, that's not my brand of humor at all. So I don't know what exactly the guy is like, but I know he's meant to be a parody of Doctor No. Yeah. So yeah, Mayborn wants to be Doctor No, and instead he's that guy. There you go. Th- there we go. Perfect. That's that's a beautiful parallel. Um. So. Sam suggests purposefully weird traveling back through the second gate from Madrona. Basically, she's like, hey, let's go there, and then we'll jury-rig their gate to overpower, like it did when we accidentally went through the Antarctic gate, and then we should be able to purposefully go through the other gate. And Hammond's like, you guys barely survived last time. We're not sending people through. (laughs) And they're like, okay, fine, we'll send them out. So Jack and Daniel... You know what, dude? That totally makes sense how um, Daniel was barely here for that episode. Because I did have a brief moment. So they go through to the, to the other planet, and it's a blizzard. So they're all, they're all covered up to set up the gate. To, and the, the freaking locals come out again and are like, oh, just being bad actors again. <laughs> they, they, they don't matter. They really, they don't matter. They don't. Matter. They are... Utterly pointless in the episode because they are even more of an afterthought than Daniel is. Yeah, but I did actually think at one point when they were, uh, when Jack and Daniel were standing next to each other, I was like, that doesn't look like Daniel. (laughs) (laughs) I think maybe because he was so covered up, they just had a body double for that scene. It could be. He was, you know, it's, I, uh, maybe I should add ding ding dings now for Supernatural because I bring it up a lot more now too. Um, I don't remember what season or episode it is because there are so many, but there's an episode of Supernatural where uh, Jensen Ackles actually left. And there's a scene where he says, uh, I'm going to go check the backyard. And then he's just not in the episode for like 20 minutes. And it's because <laughs> Jensen Ackles went to go be there for the birth of his kid. Aww. So he left. <laughs> he left filming for like a day or something. Nice. Um, but it's a cute, funny little thing when you know about it. Because he literally just, I, I made Eric rewatch the episode when I found out about that. And I was like, holy shit, he really does just disappear. <laughs> <laughs> he pulls a scream. He does the, I'll be back and never comes back. <laughs> and it's funny because he's actually pretty, he's pretty featured pretty prominently in that episode because it's one of the many times that uh Cass tries to say I love you to him and of course he's too uh no homo to not mm-hmm. he to hear it so he's like in the episode which is funny considering he was just not in there for a few minutes yeah that is I funny. should have said 20 he's probably only not in it for like I don't know like 5 10 at the most but it does crack me up that this episode kind of is getting that same vibe now it's like maybe he just wasn't there for a bunch yeah that actually, I, yeah, like I said, it suddenly makes sense, because I did have a weird moment where I was like, that doesn't look like Daniel. Maybe it wasn't. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
Uh, so they set it up, they send them out through, and they see, like, the camera work, uh, back on SGC, Sam is there at a computer, ready to, like, get all the information she needs from it, and they have the camera work, and they're like, hey, this is obviously, like, a, a warehouse, um, they see the shadow of a person, like, walking quickly past where you can't, like, see, you just see the shadow, you don't see the actual person at all. And then they're they're trying to get like a view of the warehouse or whatever with the mouth, and then they see a hand with a gun come into frame, and it shoots at the mouth, and the mouth loses signal. Um, it's so badly framed. But it's Sam, so badly framed. Yeah, it's really badly framed. Uh, but Sam manages to get enough of a GPS framing to say it's in southern Utah. Yeah. Which... We don't know how or when or why, but now it's in Utah. Yeah, I... Okay. The only thing I can think is maybe they didn't need a plane for that first transportation because Nevada's so close to Utah. Maybe they just put it on a big truck? Yeah, I can see that. I mean, they transport those giant uh, wind turbine blades by truck. It's been terrifying. I drove up next to one once. It was terrifying. I've seen it, so... <laughs> yeah. I did think it was very pointed that the place that they, the gate is was so close to Nevada. Yeah, so I I definitely think it was like their first go to drop site, and then it was like, oh shit, now we have to go find another drop site. Yeah, because we do find out it is actually an NID landing strip. Um, yeah. we, they well, not yet. So basically, they're like, okay, we have Southern Utah. That's still not enough for us to find it within within the amount of time we have to keep this planet from completely collapsing under the, the weather. With X amount of population on it. They still just don't care. Yeah, no, no, they don't. Uh, so Ham's like, okay, I've got one more thing I can call in. And then he does the fucking, like, CIA bench sit. <laughs> Which is so out of left field, I don't even know what to do with it. <laughs> they really wanted, they wanted this to be some big... Uh, intrigue episode, man. Why has it not been mentioned until now that he has this background CIA dude who apparently owes him a huge favor? Yeah, I will say it does seem to be more of, like, a personal thing, so I'm wondering if, like, at one point this guy did serve and maybe, like, Hammond saved his life. Yeah, we don't get anything. We get nothing. We don't even know what he owes Hammond for. Nothing. So Hammond has some sort of, like, I don't know if he's actually CIA. I just went with CIA. I went with CIA, too. Just yeah. something. Um, something high-up government official. Yeah, they ha he has some cloak-and-dagger government dude that owes him a favor. Insert um, acronym here. Yeah, exactly. And he tells Hammond that there was a requisition for a C-5 plane, which is large enough to transport a Stargate, uh, to an NID landing strip. And it was just, it was just issued. Which means it was obviously just issued in a panic because the mount found their current location. Yep. Um, and Scramble. the landing strip, and the NID landing strip is in southern Utah. So they're like, okay, this is obviously where it is. We got to take care of this before the plane gets there and we lose it again. And Hammond tells um, Jack, like, hey, we don't know exactly who's involved in this. We don't know if they're friend or foe. You cannot... It's so funny because, like, this whole scene, it's like, is he doing, like, the he has to say this out loud, but wink, wink? Like, and it feels like even Jack's like, is this a wink, wink scenario, Hammond? Or, like, he does, like, like poke at him twice. Like, are you sure about that, Hammond? So it's so weird because I think 
Jack even thought. Because Hannah's basically like, we don't know if these are friend or foe. You cannot fire on them unless there is no other option. Like, and Jack's like, well, what if they're firing at us? And he's like, then you take cover. Considering how this episode then, in about three minutes, completely disregards this entire scene, I yes! cannot understand its inclusion. I know, I was like, why I know, is like, it so here? Jack just decided he wasn't going to listen to him. But there weren't even, like, any repercussions from it. This episode has no substance. It has no background to any of its shit. Not the even a scene that thing. sets up something for, like, a repercussion and then just doesn't do it. Yeah, the only thing is, like, and I'm not even giving this an excuse, because, like, the only thing is that, like, maybe down the line, because I know this does come back, like, this plotline does come back, obviously. And yeah, maybe it's know, got a later thing. Yeah, we know, we see that he does actually hit one of them in the arm. Like, okay, for the fine. most part, I, I will give him credit. I will say that maybe there's a later element gonna come in. Yeah, I don't know. But even then, it's like, that doesn't, how is... I guess we'll we'll see if him shooting this dude in the arm means anything down the line. Or if they're gonna remember that he shot this guy in the arm at all. I don't fucking know. But I will... I do want to give Jack vague credit here. Uh, until the last... Until the last dude, he was shooting at the ground, not them. Yeah, I know, point, but... Yeah, he was... Still. He definitely was... He definitely, like, took Hammond's order with a grain of salt... <laughs> Right, Which, and also bullets anyone, ricochet. Yeah, so. yeah, absolutely, when you're firing at a concrete floor. Um, yeah. He definitely took it with an, uh, his order with a grain of salt, but if anyone was going to, I feel like it would be Jack. Oh, no, it definitely would be. Sam definitely would have... Uh, yeah. Like, she, she... Not that she's dumb, you know, and she would have done it, you know, in self-defense if she had to, she, you know, because Hammond did allow for that. Yeah. Somehow, that was, that was cool. Like, I like how he made sure to say that while also being like, yeah, but... Basically, you're gonna get shot. But whatever, moving on from that immediately. Uh, Sam would have definitely... I don't say it's in a bad way. It makes it sound like she doesn't have any free will. She just has a different understanding, I think, of where the line is at this yeah. point in her character arc. I definitely think that later she becomes, you know, as all people do, a little more comfortable with where she's willing to toe the line. Oh, yeah, um, just look look to the yeah. Replicators episode. That's kind of what I was thinking about. Yeah, was, I, was, uh, I love how we both thought Replicator. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, it's, it's, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, so they go in, and uh, they're, I, I've been talking to you too much when we do this podcast, because they go to the, the uh, warehouse, and I said, oh, there's a convenient hole in the window for Jack to put a little camera in so we can peek into the <laughs> warehouse. Which, I love it. It's a cute little periscope thing. I like how it's, like, an actual instrument used by the military in covert operations, and all I could think the entire time was, oh my god, look how cute it is. It is! It was really cute and small, but I just, I was like, wow, that's a perfectly positioned tiny little hole in the window. <laughs> yeah, I do, okay, here's the thing. I I also was a, a, abnormally focused on the broken pane, um, so I actually did look it up. I'm not even gonna bother to include a link, because it was yeah. just, like, super stupid easy to, to corroborate, Apparently, it's just incredibly common for most what rented warehouses, no matter where they are, to have that exact kind of thing. Like, they're almost all built in, like, the 50s and 60s. They haven't had glass replaced since then. Huh. And they're not okay, heated fine. or anything. They're not sure. They're not meant to be heated or anything. They're just left in these plains areas, and sometimes they get really fucking cold. And some have heating units, but this is probably not one that does. No. It's not like they really bother to care about it. It's a warehouse. It's meant to, it's meant to store shit. It's meant to just keep shit out of the main overhead eye. Yeah. 
That's uh, fair. So All right, sure. It was it was stupid easy to be like, yes, apparently. It, it was literally, yes, both public and private owners don't give a fuck about the glass in your warehouse. It was like literally one of the articles I clicked on an accident. Oh it was God. really funny. And it was apparently more of a, a response to a bunch of griping from some local county with they're like, can somebody please replace the glass? And everyone's like, no. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so I did, I did have a note saying, like, convenient hole in the glass, and then I'm like, and conveniently, when he peeks in, they're moving the box that obviously has the touchstone in it. That part's fucking convenient. Yeah. Because, as we'll see in a couple minutes, that truck has nothing in it. No! (laughs) There's no reason for there to be anything on the ground right now. No, 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 there's nothing in that truck. So it wasn't, like, I the do, last thing to be loaded or any of that shit. It was just I, sitting there on the ground. Waiting I do also me. love because then you hear very loudly the plane approaching, and Sam decides to do signing to tell everyone the plane is landing. To be fair, to be fair, to be fair, I was actually I didn't look into this one because I was um I was going to and then I just didn't uh because I think I was just too mad by the end at the, uh, how annoyed yeah. I was about how much of a good episode was wasted here. I was under the impression that, because, I mean, as you, like, may know, like, uh, sound obviously reverberates and everything, and they're next to a warehouse, I'm assuming that sound was so loud and so close, it was coming from everywhere, and she was giving directions as to where it was and what direction it was oh, coming in. Oh, which direction? Okay, yeah. fine, sure. I assumed I'll, I'll that, was, that was what was going on, was military consoles to let them know what I thought the her hand sign was, was just that it was landing, and I was like... We can hear a plane, Sam. Okay. Yeah, and I think she, I think she was giving clarifying call signs. I don't know for sure, but I, I that's, sure. that's what I read it to be. I'll, I'll take it. All right, so they basically know. Look, we have to move in now. Obviously, if the plane's landing, we can't waste any more time. Um, so they all you know burst into the warehouse. Uh, the team transporting the shit dials out to escape because one of them was hiding in the truck where the DHD was. Um, and I do actually like to think about the fact, so they actually do where the, the gate is, um, laying flat on the ground and they just jump into it. So I'd like to imagine wherever they came out, they had to do this weird, like, reorientation of gravity. Yeah, I, uh, I did, I did picture the, uh, the, the gate is down for them yes, there. Because exactly. the fuck knows how they landed. I love to imagine how they landed coming out, especially because they, because there's gotta be some, like, Although, to be fair, like, they weren't jumping from a height, so there's probably not too much, um, momentum. Enough to break a neck if you land wrong. Yeah, especially because they went, they jumped through, like, the middle of the gate, so they're gonna come out from, like, above (laughs) head height, but sideways through the gate. You remember Monsters, Inc.? The movie Monsters, Inc.? You remember when they're, like, flying through the doors at the end? Yeah. And at one point, they literally go through one at the wrong momentum and angle, and they literally just go shooting out through the, like, through the bedroom and then land, like, they halfway out and then slam down on the ground as gravity reasserts Yes! Itself. It's kind of like Honestly, that. Honestly, if these dudes had been thinking ahead, they would have gone in head first, because then they could have, like, tucked Tumbled. Yeah. Or something. Yeah, they Instead, went for, like, the full-on, like, first. Uh, well, no, because one of them even went, um, like, a skydiving pose, and I was like... Do you have a parachute on? Do you know where you're going? I don't like, know, man. Don't, if they'd like been smart, choice. they would have they would have forward dived in. But, but yeah, so they basically all start trying to uh, jump into the gate to escape, and a couple of them try for the the box that 
definitely has the touchstone in it. And each time Jack shoots at the ground around the box to keep them from going near it. And the final guy is really insistent on it, so Jack has to shoot him in the arm to get him to give up on it. But basically, they all escape through the gate, and Daniel tries to rush into the truck to see the symbols, but by the time he gets into the truck, the symbols have died out. Two things. One, uh, first, the good thing. I do love Daniel's reaction when he misses the the, the address. His frustration growl yes. is on point. He just yes, ah, absolutely because he doesn't catch it. And um, it's not their fault that they have yet they have yet to establish in the show that you can in fact trace uh, through the base of the DHD. You can trace where uh, I forgot how many, but you can trace the last like ten uh, dialed addresses or whatever. <laughs> Actually, that is an SGA where they are using a slightly different form of the DHD from a later generation of ancients that might have been more technologically advanced. This I mean, might be less thing. of a critique. You could However, it's not their fault either way because it hasn't yeah. been established one way or the other yet. Yeah. And I will also say, like, even if it is, I, I would 100% believe it's possible with these current DHDs, but they've never had a DHD to work with. Well, again, they could have been playing they with one of other yeah, planets. They could have, but they're idiots. Because like, it's, like once it, once it's an established thing, SGA, they use it all the fucking time. There's always a scene where uh, Rodney's in the guts of the base of a DHD, pulling out its crystals and playing with it. Um, mm. They they do that all the time as a story arc, uh, not arc, uh, story uh, device. Um, yeah. But it's fine, whatever. Um, so yeah, it's not a complaint. They don't know that yet in the show. The, the writers didn't anyway. They were gonna do that. So yeah. I just really do like his reaction of just fuck not having yeah. the address. Uh-huh. Yeah, it was, so, it was a good... Like da- like we said, Daniel's barely in this episode, but yeah. it was on point. <laughs> right. Um, but two, the bad thing... I don't know about you, but I was kind of under the impression that those boxes weren't, like, bulletproof or anything, and so I'm a little annoyed at how much bullet spraying he did with that touchstone, because he could have shot the fucking shit out of that. Who the fuck- I don't think those cases are bulletproof, are they? There was I don't nothing know. Keeping I don't those know anything out. about military transport right? cases. Right, so he, that means he just literally shot the precious artifact a bunch and just hoped it didn't break. Like, what was his end goal here? I don't know. I think I think ultimately Sam Egan wasn't thinking about ricochets. I'm, I'm talking. He was literally shooting the box at some point. Some no, like, he, he shot the ground next to the box. He did not shoot the box. Okay, it definitely felt like at one point he shot the box, but I will give it to you because I was not paying full attention. So that was fine. probably <laughs> when he finally gave up and shot the dude. <laughs> yeah, there we go. And at that point, I will give you despotism as an element there. So maybe he wasn't thinking too much. Jack wasn't thinking too much about like, you know not shooting the artifact so much as just keeping it there. Yeah. That. If that's the case, I will gladly concede that, because I need something that's good in this episode. Um, I, I genuinely don't remember him shooting at the box okay. itself at That being said, time. Ricochet it still felt like it was very purposefully close to it. at the ground in front of it. Yeah, but, but yeah, Ricochet's still definitely exists. still a problem. Physics is still a problem here, and so he just played real fast and loose with, granted, we know it's ancient technology, and we know that it's probably, well, we, we know it's probably ancient technology based on the, the, the symbols that look It's gotta be, especially ancient. because the fifth race is the next episode. Right, it has nothing, to be ancient technology. And I actually did uh, notice in the trivia that on some publications of this on DVD, like in Australia or something like that, I think I think I read, mm-hmm. one of the DVD printings has this episode after the fifth race. That's not weird. before. Yeah, I, I'm not saying it makes sense, but let's say it was after the fifth race, then it would definitely make sense that it was meant to be an ancient piece of technology. Like, as in the ancients. Um, yeah, but if it's after the fifth race, then this episode has no fucking point to it. 
If it's after the fifth place, it's even dumber, but then they, they wouldn't recognize the symbols. So I need it to be before. Yeah, yeah. But I just, it's it's so weird that they clearly indicate this thing as, as ancient based on the fact that they do these weird close-ups on it. It's like, it's like they almost wanted to do something with it, and at the last mm-hmm. second, didn't. Yeah. And I just don't understand why. Because if there was an el- more of an element here of, like, Daniel in there, it could have been him exploring the mm-hmm. language on the touchstone. And then having this B-plot of it getting stolen, which could have been still the same amount of fucking runtime in this episode, but would have been at least in a better episode. <laughs> Yeah, you're not wrong. And then the ancients would have been set up. I have to. I. I am. I'm just setting this up more in my head now. It's like this head cannon is based on no actual evidence, but it, it's. Oh, it makes so much sense. It, ha- it, it does. This has to be how. It, it, yeah. This has to be what happened that day on set. I mean, gosh. Otherwise, this is just a really, really, really bad episode. All right, I've only got like five. Uh, okay, let's do this. Notes left, so let's wrap this up. So the team returned the touchstone, and this fucking woman. Goes just as I told you, Uncle, and it's like, sorry, you were the one pointing the finger at them the most before. What? I don't trust this woman. I feel like she helped NID get it in the first place. I don't trust her at all. Maybe part of this better episode that didn't happen was her part to play in this. Maybe, for example, she got charmed by one of the guys. Yeah. And then she's hiding her accidental complacency. And that maybe that's why no one stopped them from getting it. Maybe the guards were sent away because of her. Like, this could have been... This has to be part of it, because they do emphasize her as a character for some reason, way, like, just with close-ups and such, right? Yeah. And, it's okay, I did look this up. Um, she, I actually, I have seen her in something else, and it's funny, I actually kind of like her in the other thing I've seen her in. She uh, plays the hybrid in Battlestar Galactica, the reimagined Battlestar Galactica. Uh-huh. And it's a real later character in some seasons that a lot of people have some rightful problems with. Um, but <laughs> I like the hybrid, as in, I like the acting style, I like the, um... I don't even know if it was executed very well, but it was still a cool concept. And she plays it, I think, to the best of her ability, like, with what she's given. And she does... She has to play, like, a kind of like the half-drowned prophet kind of look. She just uh-huh. kind of speaks in a mantra, and it's kind of more based on, um, like, Minority Report with the people in the in the bathtub. Yeah, I remember <laughs> that. Cool. It's kind of like that. She kind of models it off of that. But unlike Samantha Morton, she doesn't go for, like, actually putting, you know her own personality into it, she puts in the, the, the oracle kind of feel, the, like, I'm terrified and blinded by what I'm seeing, and it's 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 different. She's actually good in that. Granted, this is also, like, 20 years later. Um, yeah, acting, there's something so... to be said for just experience at that point, I'm guessing too. those were some good 20 years of acting uh, lessons, yeah, <laughs> or maybe. just life experiences, because I, I kept saying, Granted, and the character, the hybrid isn't even, like, that huge of a character. It's not like she's even really given that much screen time. I just... I have seen her, and I actually do know her to be, like, an enigmatic almost as an actor. Even with, with given something, you know, small as she was given. Mm-hmm. So, so I could believe that maybe she was cast not just because she was obviously some, I'm guessing, like, a model. She looks like she's a model in her first acting role, honestly. Yeah. Uh, just like I said, new. when she puts the touchstone back on the statue, she smiles next to it, and yeah, I'm this like, really, is, like betif- is this an audition smile. for Wheel of Fortune? <laughs> yeah, yeah, she's definitely doing my lovely assistant right now as an act, and it's, and it's not her fault that she's so new to it, if that's what the case was, but... So yeah, it feels like maybe the character, the princess, was supposed to be more of a character with more to do, and then maybe that got cut the last second. <laughs> but I don't know. Yeah. Who the fuck knows? Who the fuck knows? Who the fuck knows? Who the fuck knows? I definitely don't think there's any planning put into the old guy because he sucked. Oh, he was bad. <laughs> Dear Lord. So, yeah, that was it. Ugh. 
Um, but yeah, so they're, they're doing, like, their wrap-up briefing with Hammond, and I don't know if this was an accident, but it really did sound like Hammond was almost shaming Daniel for not seeing the address. Yeah, I, I don't know. Didn't even look down after he said it, too. Like, he felt like he was being called out, and I'm like, there were bullets flying through the air, you can't be expected to run in there. I like, it's like, you're conveniently not mad at the reason why I couldn't get there, which was your subordinate not listening to your no-fire order. I know. I love how nothing gets mentioned about all of the bullets he fired. Why even have that scene? I don't know. I I just, I genuinely wonder if, like, was he trying to make it a wink-wink scene? Because if he was, he failed. I, I, my own, I maintain there was a different episode that was planned, on the point of filming, shit happened, and that had to be mostly scrapped, and these were the filler scenes that they could come up with in the meantime. God, I don't know. That's all I got. Uh, it's, it just, it screams like bad rewrites on the set the day of. So basically, Hammond says the, uh, that a permanent iris is being sealed over the gate, and it will be kept under, specifically, SGC guard, so that no more of this uh, civilian outsiders coming in and putting their fingers on things, bullshit can happen because it's directly under SGC eyes. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> my second to last note is why is Mayborn so goddamn smug about crime? Because <laughs> he's basically just like, oh, well, you know, this doesn't mean anything. Blah, blah, blah. Shit's gonna happen again in the future anyway. <laughs> yeah, I... Shit. We forgot one thing I was gonna mention. Um, when they put the touchstone back, by the way, while they're still on that planet, this yeah. is how I know. This is how I know it has to be. This had to have been a, a different plan in mind. They do a, a brief focus of what the planet's supposed to look like, which is, like, hella terraformed. That's oh, some, yeah. like, really close proximity to other planets and shit like that. That thing that never could actually work if it was, these planets would be ripping themselves apart, but whatever. Yeah. Um, who, who, who cares about gravity? It's fine. <laughs> um, it's not, it's not, it's only a theory. It's fine. Um, but... This had to be more at play because they do a really long take on that. True, which, they do. If it wasn't meant to be the focus, then it's definitely just like a filler scene, like I was saying, where like they just padded the fucking hell out of it for no reason other than they needed to kill some more runtime. So yeah, I just needed to mention that. This is like they show what the touchstone does and then don't touch on it again. Yeah, that's it. I the touchstone's never touched know. again. I just I got nothing. <sighs> I have yeah, so much rage. my uh, my very last note for this episode is frustrating episode. But a decent lead into next week's up. Yeah, I, I guess. I mean, like I said, you were saying... We could have had a morning. much better lead into next week's up. But I appreciate the fact that there is definitely this this allusion to the ancients, which we're gonna yeah. actually dig into, finally, <sighs> next no week. Way. Dude, I love it, because I think this is the ancients had just enough alluding to just from the very beginning of the show... As a tiny thing, they've just been slowly introduced. Even before, I think even the writers really knew what they were doing. I think they knew there was going to be like a ghost presence, presence like behind the gates or something. Mm-hmm. At the very least, when they first started flowing the concept of the fifth race, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, of the four races. My bad. Um, when they first started doing any of that stuff, I just, I'm just been so excited. <laughs> And I mean, it's that so was annoying. all the way back in Torment of Tantalus where they yeah. uh, mentioned the fifth five races, which is another interesting thing that they brought up, Torment of Tantalus, in this episode. 
Yeah, exactly. So it's like, I, I feel like this was almost a good episode because of like the continuity there. And I'm really pissed that the Ancients get this serious stumble of, a, of an intro. Yeah. Because the first thing you hear about them isn't, and I, and I mean, I know we've already heard about them, quote-unquote, as, like, this presence um, that's mm-hmm. been, again, alluded to more than, than anything. Um, but even with the close-ups of these symbols that no one notices look just like the gate symbols, which just kills me, um, how do yeah. they not recognize it? How? <laughs> it just hurts. Anyway, because they anyway. weren't allowed to. I don't know. Moving on. Um bringing up Torment of Tantalus, they could have been, like, that could have been an, an example of why it was stolen. Because, let's say, the NID has been looking into the languages that they got from the pictures that, you know, they have. They could yeah. have maybe recognized the symbols um, and a perusal and been like, shit, we need this. But again, they don't do anything like that. So instead you have these really weird little halfway allusions to the ancients right before a really good introduction that, honestly, if they had just not done that, it would have been better. Like, I, I think this stumbles enough that it, it detracts from what we're going to see later. Because it's like, mm-hmm. and their, introdu- their introduction shouldn't have been this cool-ass terraforming thing that they might have done. Because <laughs> it just distracts entirely. Because next yeah. episode, let's say you're thinking about last week's episode, and you're like, wait... Were those those dudes? Or is it just like, oh, is this this random Anchor episode that's never referenced again? Yeah, I'm actually curious because I can't remember at this point, even though I do love next week's episode. I don't actually know if they reference the touchstone at any point in time. That's what I'm saying. Is I just, that's why I'm upset. If, if this was a mistake because of like things they couldn't control, fine, I'll accept that. But the Ancients as a storyline deserved better because mm-hmm. now I, as an adult, can't unremember as I did as a kid this shitty episode <laughs> being the prelude to the fucking Ancients because I always think of the Fifth Race as their solid introduction, like their real introduction. I mean, that, because it is our, it is their real introduction, exactly. And it's like, and I love it because it starts the continuity of Jack being the kind of like emissary of the ancients in a way um sga for all it tries i feel like somebody regretted the gene the ancient gene thing a little kind of like you know star star wars with its midichlorians i Mm -hmm. think somebody regretted that because they hardcore veer off from that in sgu like no no no, this ship is really old and they didn't have that ancient gene thing as a as a con they didn't build the chair with that we it's they have electrodes. It's fine. <laughs> they just veer off so strongly from it. And it's like, yeah, it's a stupid idea. Um, having it be the thing that operates everything is stupid. Um, if it had been, like, because Jack was, like, the chosen one because he was touched by the mind thing, that would have made more sense to me, honestly. And it yeah. had people just be people who can operate the technology. Like, I think somebody regretted it, and I think they had a similar wave pattern to what I just thought of. <laughs> to be fair, um, I... I haven't really seen any of SGA yet, but considering the setting for SGA, I could see them, I could see why digging into the ancient gene made sense in that season. Because they're in Atlantis. But I can also see why with SGU, we don't need to do that anymore, you know? (laughs) This is a massive spoiler. I'm, I don't know. I, I'm always laughing because I never know until I'm editing what what, what my plan is going to be because I never know what I'm going to take out throughout editing until yeah. I get to this part. So who knows if this is going to stay in or not. But this might be a huge spoiler. But in SGA, what really kills me, I think I should have mentioned it too, so fuck it. Um, one thing they almost immediately eliminate, though, is that problem created by the gene because uh, 
Dr. Beckett creates a gene therapy. He does a little CRISPR thing, and now everybody... And I mean this, and I don't, I don't mean this lightly. Everybody that's important... Supposedly, this thing has a 50% likelihood of succeeding. Everybody that's important gets it, and it, it, never, it always works. Of Everybody course. who needs it gets it. It's, it's, unless it's thematically important that they don't. <laughs> they are one of the lucky ones. It's That's fucking dumb. Because you could have had something interesting where, like, one or two of them didn't manage it, and you could have some actual really tense narrative bits where, like, they need to get something working, but they can't because they yeah. need to get someone who actually has the yeah. gene. They do it occasionally. I think there's, like, one character, Zelenka, who doesn't have it, and it's, like, reference, but it's more like it's a stupid, like, bitchy thing. Like, well, I don't have the gene, so you have to kind of thing. And yeah, it's just, like... It, well, they, they misuse Zelenka, and you'll see that when we get to SGA. I like him, and I just think that he... I, the actor's good, and I think that when they understand that he can be serious, they're like, oh, yeah, there's a couple episodes where Zelenka's actually a character, and the rest of the time he's just there for, like, comedic relief, and it's like, but... Okay. <laughs> I feel like that could have been different, but all right. All right. Well, yeah, back on point. <laughs> that's the end of this episode. Yeah, we just gave away a bunch of shit that's gonna be coming out for next episode, but next episode's gonna be so good. I'm so next, excited. Next episode is wonderful. Uh, but let's let's do the wrap-ups for this episode first. Yeah. Um, nobody died, although we wish some of them had. <laughs> I, I don't know who I wish dead Mayborn. here, except for I wish Mayborn had died. I just, I just wanted to die when I heard that line. I, I I don't want to focus on it anymore because it was just so... It made me sad. Yeah. Like that, I mean, that happened in our lifetime. Somebody yeah, felt comfortable writing so, that uh, and putting that out there in our lifetime. On that note, I'm asking you this, but I don't think I really need to. Are you a Jack or a Daniel this week? I am a Daniel in this episode because much like Daniel, I wasn't here for it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. At first I was like... I was, before I... Uh, at first I was like... Well, Daniel's not really in this episode, but I'm definitely not Jack because of that line. But I think between his little shocked face after Teal threatens to dismember Mayburn, <laughs> and then the other, funny. yeah, and then the other, you know, just like that, god dang, like I, I, I miss getting the, the gate oh. thing or whatever. I was like, okay, yeah, rage yeah. Been me. That would have been me. <laughs> Yeah, your your Daniel moment is the rage for missing the the address, and my Daniel moment is the little oh face when da- when Teal threatens to dismember. Me. Yeah, no, because when when Teal said that, if I had been in that scene, I would have been. I don't know why he was with that chemistry set, but let's just say I'm by that chemistry set. I would have been like, if it had focused on me, I would have been doing the like oh damn face. I would have been just going, <laughs> just laughing, nod the whole time. Yeah, because that was great about it was the fact that. It like shock it was like delighted shock <laughs> where I would have added some asshole flavor text like well it's area 51 there probably aren't any security cameras and True. just been like goading him on you know I would have helped wink, the situation wink teal yeah. <laughs> so yeah look teal I will I'm really invested in this chemistry set right now so if something happens I'm not a witness <laughs> yeah it would yeah so that I, I would have uh yeah my, my day in a moment was later <laughs> yeah uh, I couldn't so, have been Jack because I wasn't surprised by any of the ideas of uh, the government working behind my back no 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 uh, Joaquin Phoenix thumbs down yeah I hate to do it I love the show and it has some good elements and god knows next episode is going to be so good but while this show is good this episode is a fucking stumble yeah it, it's like I don't like giving anything start in Stargate a thumbs down 
Uh, that's why we only have four of them so far, and this is well, gonna I'm be about our to have fifth. five. <laughs> yeah, uh, but like ultimately, it is a mess of an episode, which does kind of tie into your theory about like that maybe they had to do quick rewrites. But like, here's the thing: Secrets was a little bit of a mess too, and we thought there had to be like massive things that were like cut out or rearranged. But it still felt like an episode. <laughs> I mean, ultimately, I won't you disagree. Still- Ultimately, you did give Secrets a thumbs up. Yes, I did give Secrets a thumbs up, so there you go. Uh, and also the fact that the acting in this was so bad in some bits, that doesn't help at all. It was not their best work. God, it was bad. Yeah, I don't like giving thumbs down to Stargate because I love this show, but it was just not a good episode, so I'm glad that Sam Egan's not coming back. Yep. Uh, so that's it for this week. Thank God. Um, Thank God. Jesus, God. <sighs> next. No! What? What? It's not the fifth race. No, is it not? Have we been talking about an episode that's not coming up for another week? Yes! Fuck off. No. You know what? Okay, hang on, hang on. I need to look something up here. <laughs> what okay. Was air? What so, was air order? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, according to Wikipedia, the fifth race is next. So we're one of the printings that had the reverse order thing. Yeah, the DVD. I guess I misread no. it. I must have well, misread not, it. Oh, yeah. I, I must have misread it. I think I think I read it that this one and Fifth Race were switched. It must have been whichever episode's actually next and Fifth Race were switched. My bad. Okay, I will say... Still stupid. <laughs> hang on a second. Because here's the thing. Since we're watching separately right now, I am just watching it on Hulu instead of getting out my DVDs. Oh, Yeah. Uh, and on Hulu, it is the fifth race next, so you want to just do the fifth race? Yeah, I mean, we were doing it by the DVDs, but that was only when we were doing it in person, so fuck it. Yeah, uh, so... So, so next week is going to be the fifth race, even though according apparently the DVDs, the, it's different. I, I am going to say, though, according to the DVD, next week's episode, episode 15, is supposed to be a matter of time. Which one's a matter of time? Black Hole. Why would this be... Okay, guys, I dropped my phone in rage. Okay, <laughs> I like that. Don't get me wrong. I actually like that episode, mostly because of its dark fucking elements. Um, but it shouldn't follow Touchstone. It makes no sense to be between Touchstone and Fifth Race. That makes no sense. No, it doesn't. That makes less sense than this episode makes. What the fuck? Which is okay. why we're going to follow yes. uh, Hulu and Wikipedia, and next week is watch. actually we'll going to be... Uh-huh. The fifth race. Here we go. Watch. We'll watch Matter of Time and then be like, oh, this makes total sense. <laughs> oh, dude. Um, The next two episodes after that also got swapped order-wise. Oh, yeah? Weird. Uh, Serpent Song and Holiday. Weird. I wonder why. I wonder I what goes know, on in the production. I but we're going to go by Hulu and Wikipedia because, because this fuck it. synopsis booklet sucks anyway, so... <laughs> hey, I'm down. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so that's next week. We're actually going to watch a really good episode. Yay. Hey, dude, I, if, if I'm remembering right, I like uh, Matter of Time, too. So once that comes up, it will it should still be a good episode. I think I remember Matter of Time being good as well, but we just really need Fifth Race after this episode. We need Fifth Race. Yeah, yes, I do. I do. I need it in my soul. I need the Ancients, and I need it to be done well. Mm-hmm. All right. I love that episode. I love how it was supposed to be Daniel and Jack shoves him out of the way. Yep. <laughs> it's real good shit. It's real good shit. 
They're gonna be good husbands. It's fine. <laughs> I love how we can't settle on. It's like husband, father. Uh. <laughs> oh, gross! Don't put them back to back like that. That's terrifying. <laughs> well, sometimes the SG one team are his children. <laughs> sometimes they're his. <laughs> God no! Why would you say it like that? Cutting that out because that was disgusting, but yeah. <laughs> Thank fucking God. Oh. Yeah, we're gonna leave now. Um, so if you want to get a hold of us, you can find me on Twitter at it's Mel Not Less or our podcast Twitter at Point of Origin PC. You can also email us at point of at gmail.com or write something on the side of a tissue box and toss it to the nearest wormhole. You can find links to things we talked about during the show in the show notes. And if you like the show, don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. Thank you for joining us on our incursion through the iris. And until next time. <laughs>